0: Hey everybody! This is CM Punk, and you're listening to Appetite for Distortion with Brando on iHeartRadio. This is
1: Appetite for Distortion. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 152. My name is Brando. Coming up uh, momentarily, we will be speaking with Phil Brooks, more uh, more famously known as CM Punk. Certainly, uh, if you're a fan of professional wrestling, UFC, you have... You have no doubt as to uh, what CM Punk brings to the table, but uh, I'm not going to talk to him about wrestling today. No, no, no. And I'm going to get to uh, why in just a a second. Uh, Well, I guess the first reason is because he's going to be promoting a brand new movie, and it's in my favorite genre, and that's horror, and it's called Girl on the Third Floor, and it's being put out by Dark Sky Films, which has put out so many great movies. So I, just from the trailer uh, and, and just, I guess, the name alone of the pro- production and the, and the director that's putting this out, it's going to be a quality horror film. And I've spoken about horror quite often on this uh, Guns and Roses uh, bar mitzvah party of a podcast, our Six Degrees of, of GNR Bacon, because if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you know uh, Slash is a huge Horror fan, I love when he posts uh, horror stills on his Instagram or uh, gives a review uh, of a horror movie you just saw. Uh, and and the same thing with with Dell James, their tour manager. He's a great follow on social media, always giving reviews of horror movies. So it's just the best of both worlds, you know, Guns and Roses and horror. So that's basically what I'm gonna be talking to uh, to CM Punk about. And to set this up properly for you, this is a very unique opportunity, not just to interview. Uh, CM Punk. And it's only going to be for about 10 minutes. It's one of these shorter interviews that I, I do. So it's going to be a shorter episode. So if you're new to how this works, of course, sometimes we'll get on a guest and we'll speak for 45 minutes, an hour. In the case of Brain, it's been uh, a couple hours uh, sometimes. But with uh, it's fortunate what my my real radio job is. It's, it's not this podcast. I'm just fortunate to have this uh, pet project of mine Uh, just kind of intertwined with my real radio job. So CM Punk uh, today is in New York City, Tribeca. He's in studio, and he's doing a full radio tour, uh, promoting his his brand-new movie. So I'm going to be hanging out with him for three hours while he talks to, I think, 24 or 25 stations across the United States, and I'm just right there in the middle, uh, Appetite for Distortion podcast. I'm very grateful that I have these opportunities uh, to interview them. And and thanks to you, uh, I've been able to prove that this is a, a real legitimate podcast. Thanks to all my listeners. And uh, that's why I'm giving these, you know, they wouldn't allow me to interview these people just because I work here. You've given me a great platform and, and a viable platform that that's that people want to be on, that my, uh, the powers that be – uh, are impressed by so that's given me so again thank you all to all of you listening whether it be on iHeartRadio or Spreaker or you found us through uh, AlternativeNation.net uh, to to interview people like CM Punk so um, it started at eight in the morning uh, Eastern time and I had to get here super early and so I'm I'm recording this intro uh, after my interview with CM so um, I get I get to set it up I just got to keep things real. You know, I, I don't. I know radio could be smoke and mirrors, but I like to keep things uh, as um, I don't know as t- as tangible uh, for you to understand and just to break down the fourth wall, so to speak. Because I just think that's kind of fun to see how radio works. So I, I've been I've been already hanging out with CM Punk for for two hours. He is through. I'm um, looking at him through a glass. He's talking to so many different stations pr- promoting the movie, and of course they're asking. Uh, and I'll just answer it for you now because a lot of people have already asked uh, if he's going to return to wrestling, whether it be w w e or a e w and his answer has been consistently that he doesn't know uh, he kind of kind of make he kind of parallels it to this opportunity with the horror film if the uh, if the opportunity is right for him, it has nothing, you know, it could be more than money. He said, like, if it's good for him, his wife, AJ Lee, and his dog, Larry, <laughs> uh, then he will take it. I mean, this was a unique opportunity for him to, to star in, in a horror film. So uh, I'm watching him through a glass operating the radio board, uh, also playing operator with the phone, connecting all these different stations uh, to CM Punk and letting them know hey, you got 10 minutes with CM. And I got to cut them off because I got to get the next station on after 10 minutes. So I'm cutting off this, a station right now so I can go into the studio with him. So I'm not looking through a glass so I can actually talk to him in person. So that's how this is, is set up. I've been already hanging out with CM Punk uh, for a couple hours. And now I'm going to get my 10 minutes. But, but stick around after the interview because I want to talk to you about some things and why this interview in particular is so important for this podcast and for you. So uh, without further ado, Phil Brooks, CM Punk. I was wondering why you, you, you snaked over here. Yeah. I thought I was in trouble. No, not at all. You've I literally
0: in... I thought.
1: <laughs> really? That's why?
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's strange.
1: Oh, no, that's that's too funny. Uh, I guess we can start all of this out awkward because I already called you sir when we first met.
0: That is true. I mean, I no, I understand that. I do the same thing.
1: Yeah, I wasn't sure because when you have when you work with somebody who has an alias, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm gonna call you CM, right. Mister Punk, I know now with movies, you know, you, you want to Phil Brooks. So uh, do you have? I guess you introduce yourself as Phil from now on, even though everyone knows you as CM Punk.
0: Yeah, but I've never introduced myself as Punk just because that sounds so. Well, I'm being silly there. Strange, right? right? And then there's always there's always an explanation. People be like, "Wait, what? Huh, Punk? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm
1: a I'm a, I'm a wrestler." Yeah. And what's also awkward about this, because I've been kind of hanging out with you for two hours. Yeah. As <laughs> so you've been doing these radio uh Oh, you're screwed with interviews. questions, right? I know. I've got to hear all the questions already. <laughs> of, so I'm like, shit, is there any left? But of course there is, because it's not only I'm just a fan of you and, and your, your wrestling work, but I'm, I've been so excited to hear how much of a horror fan that you are. Let's just talk about Star Wars. I've never seen Star Wars. What I know? What I've seen Spaceballs like a hundred times. Does that count?
0: I when I saw Spaceballs in the theater when I was a kid, I was pissed.
1: Oh yeah, I was pissed. You're That's right. how much of a Star Wars fan I was. <laughs> I was like, they're making
0: fun of Star Wars.
1: Uh uh-huh. Well, I'm I'm Jewish and I like the Jewish humor. So one of these <laughs> days, I don't know. I, I'll see you one of these days. I'm I'm behind the times. All right. But as far as horror, I've already learned from other radio interviews that you've done that Halloween is your favorite of all time. Yeah, easily. But I'm curious, what was the first horror movie that got you into the genre? Because I'm I'm huge, and I remember for me it was probably Killer Clowns from Outer Space. That See, that I I
0: it. wish I had uh, such a distinct memory of like what the first horror movie I saw was because I grew up in Chicago, so. There was uh, Sven Gulli, who would play monster movies uh, on Sundays and Saturdays and stuff like that. Um, and I had uh, an uncle who would show me movies like Animal House when I was like seven years old. Okay. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. I remember seeing um, American Werewolf in London. Okay. And knowing, like, I should not be watching this movie, but that's that's the juice, right? You're yeah. a kid and you're like, hell yeah, I'm going to watch these movies. I know I'm not supposed to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think American Werewolf in London, for how old I was, was a like great gateway horror movie, you know? Because it's a comedy, but it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And they hit you over the head with this gore out of nowhere sometimes. And, like, even to this day, 2019, the transformation scenes in that movie are crazy. You know, It's how you learn about Rick Baker and then you see Summer School with Mark Harmon and there's two characters in Summer School that are like horror nuts, you know what I mean? So I was that little kid that was making my own fake blood and Nice. Yeah, that was that was that's who I was when I was a little kid. I I was into everything that would get me beat up at that age that is now super cool in the
1: multi-million dollar industry. <laughs> I did the same thing too I remember I, I put blood all over To tie both things in together uh, Blood all over My macho man Wrestling buddy Nice And my mom thought was Something was Well something is wrong with
0: me Yeah but, I uh, I got the same thing Yeah my mom was
1: like Oh you're gonna be A serial killer <laughs> And I
0: was like "Well, is that so bad No. Uh.
1: How did you prepare for this role? Because you're obviously a horror freak. Was there any movie you watched or any certain character like a Bruce Campbell? Because this has a an Evil Dead vibe mixed in with Amityville horror. So was there? How did you prepare?
0: Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know how to prepare. I didn't know what I should or should not do. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of didn't do anything. I think uh, a lifetime of of acting in the ring and being a, such a horror movie fan. Uh, helped me prepare the most, you know, and then obviously I would have conversations with Travis Stevens about what he was looking for and I think it was less about the character to me and more about the overall message of the movie about, you know, maybe try to try to be a better person, you know. Um but and I've only said this in one other interview and I don't even think think Travis knew this. Uh I looked at the character of Don as somebody who, you know, he's not your typical bad guy. He's not on the screen purposely doing, like, all these horrible things. He's not Hans Gruber from Die Hard, you know what I mean? He's not, like, this nefarious, wringing his hands, like, you know, bad guy. He's, he's a guy who does bad things. And I look at another John Carpenter movie, one of my favorites, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, and you look at the quote unquote hero of that movie is supposed to be Jack Burton but Jack Burton is absolutely not the hero of that movie Jack Burton is the sidekick and like that's the genius and that's almost the the joke of that movie and it's what a lot of people didn't get when that movie came out they're like we don't get it this guy's not the hero but he's the lead you know but Yang's the hero you know, Burton just kind of like fails and fall, like forward like the whole time. Uh, so I took that aspect of the character Jack Burton and I kind of put that into the character of Don with a little bit more of a dark slant.
1: Right on. Uh, I liked an answer you gave in a, a previous interview and I feel the same way about why genre uh, horror is my favorite genre. It's the special effects, because mm-hmm. so much of CGI, I, it's made me enjoy movies less. Yes. So I will go purposely go back and watch '80s horror. It doesn't matter how bad. So when you do a remake, which is coming up by the way, of Rabbit, mm-hmm. the first one was great, the special uh, with the special effects and all the blood and everything. Uh, are you excited to? I don't know. Do you do you want to be uh, true to the original and, and stick with that, or are you kind of will you embrace CGI if it calls for it?
0: Uh, I'll embrace CGI if it calls for it, but this is a Stan Lee quote, I, and I and I love this quote because his quote was in reference to digital comic books. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's got an iPod or a tablet or whatever it is nowadays, and you can download an app and you can read comic books. And a lot of the uh, editors at Marvel will always send me links to comic books uh when I'm writing stuff uh and I I read them on my phone or I read them on my my iPad um and the stanley quote is I like looking at boobs in a magazine but I'd much rather have them in my hand <laughs> so oh. I relate that to practical effects you know I, I, I if if you can see it and you can feel it yeah it's just better um CGI I feel when I go to see movies in the theater CGI is brilliant but it the the rewatch value is lessened because when you watch it at home you don't have that technology of a certain projector and a certain you know millimeter and screen and like all this stuff and like the CGI to me watching it on Blu-ray or whatever doesn't really hold up but practical effects always will that's why things like John Carpenter's The Thing, American awesome. Werewolf in London, yeah. those always hold up.
1: Right on. Uh last question for you, I don't know if you noticed the name of my my podcast. Mm-hmm. I do a six degrees of. I'm sure you're familiar with the game. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yes. So I do six degrees of GNR. Bacon. N' Rose, Okay. Guns N' Roses Bacon. Okay. So I try to find any connection between my guest, whether it's obvious or not, to Guns N' Roses. So oh,
0: this is this is going to be an easy one.
1: So you apparently went to a GNR show. Unless you tell me another one uh, in 2011 with Domino, a former uh, wrestler as well. Yes. Uh, so I was wondering if you can tell me about that experience seeing Guns N' Roses or perhaps your fandom.
0: Um. Yeah. So, uh, my buddy Cliff Domino. Uh, his buddies with Bumblefoot. right? Yeah. And this. So this is before Axel and Slash got together. So this is still like DJ Ashba, mm-hmm. Bumblefoot, and all them. And uh, you know, Bumblefoot invited us to the the show at uh, the Allstate Arena in Chicago, which is to me it'll it'll always be the Rosemont Horizon. But anyway, mm-hmm. you know, he invited us to the show, so we showed up. And we're you know like we're backstage. Um, and it's just wild to see all the Axl Rose stuff unfold because you always hear the stories about Axl Rose, but to see it take place, you know, I can't remember how late they started that night, but it was at least an hour plus and all the other band members were totally chill. Because obviously this is old hat for them. Mm. They weren't like, "Geez, where's Axel?" uh stressed out. They were. Just, it was just like you just gotta wait and you gotta chill until Axel shows up. And apparently they played in Detroit the night before. I think the story I heard after the fact was that uh, I don't know. Axel just didn't feel like getting on whatever plane he needed to get on, so he waited to the last minute, and I think he might have taken a helicopter from Detroit okay. to Chicago, which is pretty gangster. <laughs> uh, and I was uh, I was out in the hallway, and I was just like sitting there and. Literally like all of a sudden it's it. you know, it started happening where Axel just literally like walked in the door and he walked straight in the door and straight to the stage. So like as he was walking, everybody was screaming, Axel's here, let's go, you know what I mean? And the band had to like run out and be in position and like he literally walked in the door, walked right on the stage and just
1: started the show. <laughs> it, was, very, it was wild. Very wrestling kind of entrance.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I for sure was that guy, <laughs> so I understand.
1: Right on. Well, I know we got, I'm also working, not just doing the interviews. So I, I know, you're killing it, man, you're uh, killing it. So hopefully we can do this again, talk more about horror and, and music. Uh, I feel
0: like I could talk to you for
1: hours and hours, so awesome. hopefully we'll do that in the future. Appreciate it. Thank you. And hopefully we get him back on for, for hours and hours and to talk about horror movies and I have a feeling he has a lot more to talk about with, with the world of rock and roll and, and Guns N' Roses. So I hope to, to speak to CM Punk again. And as I alluded to before the interview, why this one is so important, of course we can get people on that are just straight up Guns N' Roses and we can maybe get some, some good uh, tidbits and and, 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 and uh, behind-the-scenes information. It's just like a couple episodes ago with, with Mark Cantor. I mean, that it was was great just to get the inside information about that period of time of Guns N' Roses. Somebody who was really close to the band is just, it's it's a fantastic experience. But to keep this podcast going, to not only keep myself um, entertained and, and creatively hungry, I think it's better for you, the listener, to expand beyond that. Yes, we're always going to follow that Guns N' Roses North Star. We're always going to uh, use that as the path that we follow and guide our conversation. So this is always going to be a Guns N' Roses, Roses-esque Guns Roses or Guns N' Roses podcast, however you want to phrase it, because I don't want to be pigeon when when somebody hears, oh, you have a Guns N' Roses podcast, and all I do is geek out about the band for an hour. That's great for, for sometimes, but I, I think it's better to expand upon that ideal, and it's Really fun to hear people like CM Punk, or Tom Green, or or Jim Brewer, or Pollyanna McIntosh from The Walking Dead, people who I'm taking them out of their typical interview element and asking them about Guns and Roses. You're not going to hear that anywhere else. So many of these people who come in for these uh, radio tours, you know, they're, they're happy that people care about their project, but. I hear a lot, oh, they're going to ask me the same questions over and over again. And I actually, you know, it, it's interesting for me that I got to hear for two hours all the questions that CM was being asked. I didn't want to ask, them, ask him the same questions he had already been asked for two hours. Yes, it, it may be new to you, the listener, but I think that's what is going to help CM or any other interview that I do remember this show, to want to come back on this show because we do things just a little bit differently so just imagine where this could lead to, right? I mean it, these are pipe dreams. I posted on 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 Facebook the other day, facebook.com slash the AFD show, a clip of a young Adam Sandler doing uh, knocking on heaven's door but in the style of GNR and he's doing the axle voice and it's fucking great Yeah! And you may remember that really hilarious uh, skit of SNL when they did the ABCs of of metal, and I think it was it was uh, Adam Sandler playing Axel, and I believe it was Kiefer Sutherland playing Slash, and, uh, and and Skid Row was the musical guest, so they even took part in the skit. So imagine what it would be like to talk to Adam Sandler about Guns N' Roses. How amazing would that be? Or I mean, again, these are pipe dreams, but. I I never in my life would have imagined talking to Alice Cooper or Dave Mustaine so I don't want, let's not set limits for ourselves. But what if we got Arnold Schwarzenegger? I mean, just think about all the questions he's already been uh, asked. But let's let's talk to him about Guns N' Roses. How special would that be and to happen on this show, the one that so many of you have followed since day 1, episode 1 and, and to reach those heights. So that's why this was so important. And I have mentioned before that I really wanted to break through the, 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 the wrestling barrier to get them on the show because there are so many wrestlers that have Guns N' Roses ties. Uh, I mean, CM Punk, he, he went to a show that might not be the, the, the biggest tie, but Charlotte Flair, she has the word patience uh, tattooed on her. She's a big GNR fan. Uh, Kevin Owens. Who has been on record of, by of saying that Chinese democracy is his favorite GNR record, uh, Sami Zayn, and you heard CM mention uh, Domino Deuce and Domino were former tag team champions in the WWE, and I believe I'm gonna get on Cliff slash Domino, I, I believe, uh, on the show, so that's gonna be fun. So that, that that's again, it's gonna. We I'm giving you so many different episodes, and maybe you you like the ones that are more geeking out. About the the band itself, and that's great. But I'm gonna keep pumping these episodes out. So if you like one episode better than the other, that's fine. But let's keep th- let's keep this going, and this just opens up so many doors for us to keep this podcast going. And just thank all of you again for giving me this opportunity in this in this platform. So however you listen, uh, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spotify, it it doesn't matter. Uh, The only thing I do ask is, if you can, please subscribe uh, on them and tell friends. I have so many friends. I see it in my newsfeed all the time. Somebody recommend a podcast to me. So you know what? Maybe you are the diehard Guns N' Roses fan that is just going to eat up the Alan Niven interview, the the Doug Goldstein interview, that maybe the, the regular person who is just maybe likes Guns N' Roses, likes Welcome to the Jungle, but doesn't really care that much doesn't care like we care but they want to hear CM Punk talk right but they they want to hear uh, somebody special somebody different talk about Guns N' Roses so maybe these lesser GNR episodes may be for them right so just tell a friend about uh Appetite for Distortion and you know what let's not make this episode too short so let's do this News. We could talk about a few things breaking in the, the Guns N' Roses world. Of course, there's no news of new music. Uh, we spoke about last episode with Brett Buchanan of AlternativeNation.net uh, about uh, Rick Dunsford being banned from all Guns N' Roses shows because he is taking the blame for hashtag uh, GNRLeakGate, as I'm, I'm calling it. Um, no d- new developments there, but uh, as far as, you know, the tour itself, it's really going on uh, w- smoothly still, you know, not in this lifetime is, is forever in a lifetime. But uh, something happened that was really cool the other day in uh, Tijuana, Tijuana, uh, and I want to read this is and I'll give a credit to uh, to Margo, who runs the GNF and R not in this lifetime Facebook page. She posted a video and I shared it. On my uh, Facebook page that the the sound went out during the show. Like it just died. The generators, generators blew out. And just imagine, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, what the fuck would have happened? What if Axel have just left? Would there have been a riot? No, not this time. not in 2019, there was a sing-along. <laughs> Just amazing. So Margot writes, uh, when the generators feeding power to the musical instruments blow out during knocking on heaven's door, but you have fans, the fans uh, supporting you and patiently waiting while singing the chorus chorus part to the beat of the drums and the leadership of the amazing musicians on stage. So basically, it must have died during knocking on heaven's door. Uh, sl- no, there's no juice going to Slash's guitar, but he's doing like... In the wrestling theme, he's doing like the Hulk Hogan thing where, you know, getting the crowd amped. Come on, come on, like what DJ Ashbill used to do, you know, encouraging the crowd. And the whole crowd's just going knock, knock, knock," knocking on Heaven's door, you know, until they got the power. It was like for five minutes or so that it was out. And Frank is, you know, keeping the fans entertained. So that's a special moment, I think, not just for those fans, but for the band and the tour. And it just shows you again where this organization is at today and where it was. And to give you kind of like the full scope of the the then and now, as I'm recording this, which is uh, October 23rd, so yesterday was the 11th anniversary of Chinese Democracy, the single, being released. It came out October 22nd, 2008, which was their... First single of original material since Estranged in 1994. So just think, in those 11 years, you know, what Chinese democracy was when that first hit radio. You know, I asked what your first impressions were when that song hit. And, and you know, 95% of the feedback, uh, it, or that might even be underselling it, 99% of the feedback from you. You loved it right away. I remember saying to my friend, I'm like, this is this is the next Welcome to the Jungle. And I feel that it could have been if that lineup uh, stayed together. You know, they they really crafted you know who this new GNR was and, and really sold it. And they didn't tour in 2008. So while it's it's a forever great song, it's awesome that Slash and Duff play it now live. Um, but that was the feeling I got with the intro. I got chills. I still get chills. It's a great kickoff track, but just uh, just think, where we are 2019 compared to, you know, a lot can obviously change in, you know, a year, but 11 years ago, almost to the day as I'm recording this, Chinese democracy hit the airwaves, and now we have the Not in This Lifetime tour. Fucking crazy. Just absolutely crazy. Uh, so as far as other shotgun news, um, I'll keep it to the podcast and, and let you know what's going on. I should have already recorded the interview with Rod Jackson, former Slash's Snake Pit, but we had to postpone it because he had a couple of teeth pulled, <laughs> and I'm not going to have him uh, you know, do an interview hurt. Uh, I want him to, uh, to rest up and get those chompers uh, ready to the chatter. That was a weird sentence, but I'll stick with it. Uh, so Rod Jackson will be on uh, in the future. Oh, I do also want to mention uh, Richard Duguay, a uh, former guest of the show, he was on the Spaghetti Incident. Uh, he, he's toured with Duff McKagan. His album is out right now, uh, Bad Juju. Check it out, Richard Duguay. Uh, so it's just, if you're looking for new rock and roll with an old-school feel, uh, check out his new album, uh, Bad Juju. Uh, but going back to the podcast and, and future guests, uh, this was just announced. If you're following on social media, no, you know about it already. Sheila E., Yes, Sheila E., the queen of percussion, uh, most famously. I, I mean, obviously a very successful solo artist, but with with Prince. So that's gonna be really fun. I I'm gonna see what Genar connection if she has one. Really, because I'm 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 using the six degrees here, just to as an excuse. I'm not gonna pass up an opportunity to speak with 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 a legend like Sheila E., but uh, Duff he often wears a prince hat, you know, cuz it says prince on it, not a you know like a king, queen, prince hat, uh, the prince hat. But it was funny even my when I went to Austin City Limits, my girlfriend noticed. She's like, "Oh, is that the Prince logo on Duff's Space?" Why yes it is. So I'm just curious as to what her thoughts on uh, about that when you have these big mega stars that you know are kind of fans, fanboys of of Prince and she was somebody who was fortunate enough uh, and had an opportunity that so many would 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 die for to to work with Prince and be on these amazing records so and of course we'll talk about what she's uh what's going on with her now so that pretty much uh does it for this episode a short but sweet one and we'll see what's the to come. I gave you some teasers but again, the best way to keep up to date with everything going on with the podcast in between the episodes is on social media twitter.com uh, just uh, go on, uh, follow me at. Uh, The AFD Show, or you can even follow my regular account at Brando if you want. Uh, Also on Facebook, facebook.com slash The AFD Show. And please follow, subscribe, and tell a friend. And we'll keep getting awesome interviews like this one. CM Punk. Holy shit. Uh, So that does it. When will you see the next episode of The AFD Show? In the words of Axel Wills concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it.